so he, our lead pastor, is the manager of the rolling stoves. That's how he gets paid because we don't pay him in the church uh, the way we work. And so I've been working there, learning how to fry up food, flipping burgs, putting cheese on the burgs, <laughs> the burgs. making the uh, specific, <laughs> the burgs, making the specific um, type of burgers we got. And um, yeah, I've been doing that. Wait, did you, did you learn how to do that in ministry school? I, did you learn? Mason, how could you have done that? I did not learn how to do that. I learned how to make mac and cheese at Collins in the <laughs> microwave, but it's a little different. Hey, this is Colby. Welcome to the Learn Doing Podcast. So excited to have one of my good friends on the podcast today, Mr. Mason, Mason Schreiber uh, from from Michigan. Yeah. What city in Michigan again? I'm in Farmington Hills now. Farm, so Detroit. Far, far, Detroit. Okay. So Mason is a former OSL student. He was here whenever I was an RA uh, at SAGU. He was in our dorm and Went through the program, graduated, and uh, was a youth pastor for a couple of years. We're going to dive into that and hear a little bit more about what he's doing right now. But Mason, I kind of wanted to just fill our listeners in with how you first just came to OSL, how you even, yeah. you know, um, just kind of give some background and context and story for uh, uh, your our relationship and, and how you came to OSL and yeah. SAGU and stuff. Yeah, um, it started... Getting into freshman year of college, community college um, in Michigan, and I was just uh, getting into youth ministry and that kind of stuff because sports was so big in high school, couldn't go to youth ministry, and so it's kind of crazy. Um, so freshman year of college, really like... When you say sports, we're, yes. we're talking about one sport, really, right? Uh, it was two. It was two sports. It was two sports. Two sports. One for those of you, you really like. For those of you who don't know, Mason might beat Luca. Uh, Donchick in uh, some basketball. I don't know about that. <laughs> Maybe in speaking English, but that's about <laughs> it. Does yeah. that pretty well, though, too. Mason is great at basketball, loves basketball. We played basketball many times. Yeah. Um, so basketball and... Baseball. Baseball. Yep. Okay. And then keep going. Yeah. So it was... Um, had open time and just got involved in the youth ministry. And my pastor, Pastor Keith, just started taking... Uh, investing time with me, just noticing that I was really um, like at the altar like every single week because the messages were hitting home and stuff. And um, got talking to him about what he does as a youth pastor and how he meets with students and uh, delivers the gospel and gets paid. And I was like, that's stinking cool. Like, <laughs> man, I'd love to do that. And um, so we progressing into, you know, following Jesus, fall more in love with him over time. And I'm like, man, Pastor Keith, I don't really, really want to do this thing. And I was like, maybe I should go to Central Michigan, be part of a ministry. And he's like, well, Jesus had 29 years to prepare for three years of ministry, you know, or four years, whatever. And he's like, well, you'd probably need a little more time than a year and a half, you know, to prepare <laughs> for ministry. So yeah, we looked into Bible colleges, looked into North Central and um, a few others. And then uh, a common connection we have is Matt Wasbinski goes mm. to my church yeah. in Midland and Man. he was recruiting at the time. Wow. And he's like, Hey bro, let's go get some Qdoba. Let's have a talk. Dude, Matt Waz. Yeah. And so sat down, ate some food, some good nachos. And he's like, I got this thing for you. It's called the Oak School of Leadership. I think you should take a look, see at it. And so I remember like coming home from that and show my parents and they're like, it's all the way in Texas, you know, like we're super close family. Yeah. I denied actually kind of like a mini basketball scholarship that was eight hours away. Mm. Cause I thought it was too far. And this is 18 <laughs> hours away. Yeah. That's a whole other story. So me and my dad make the plane ride down and, um, get the, uh, the whole SACU experience, OSL experience, check it all out. And, um, my dad's like, don't you know someone down here also from our church? And that was Ty Buckingham. And so oh, I texted Ty 
And Ty's like, hey, man, I'll be right there. He met me at the chapel. So cool. And he showed me literally everything. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure he showed me, like, janitorial closets in this building. <laughs> like, literally everything. Like, met John Davidson on the spot that day. Yeah. And so that was, like, the, the catalyst for me coming was, like, oh, my gosh, this is awesome. Yeah, and John was, uh, John was a former director yeah. for the OSL program. Uh, and Ty was a, is a former student. Yeah. Yeah. From Michigan. Okay. And my going. former RA as well, but. Oh gosh. I feel sorry for you. Yeah. No, he was great. <laughs> he was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so we flew down and that was another thing I had to get over. Wasn't super good at flying and, um, flew down, flew back and was just like, yeah, that's the next step. And so that was like in April and then came back down in the fall officially and moved in to Collins to be part of the Oak School of Leadership 101. Yeah, and you interned, you interned with youth, mm-hmm. correct, with Joseph Kellogg. Joseph Kellogg, yep. And those Antonio guys. Antonio Valido. Man, miss that guy. Yeah, we do. Um, and uh, went through their entire internship, right? I did two years intern, one uh, half semester of MA. Okay. And then a half semester of MA with uh, John Catron. At the okay. district youth director, or he was the district ministries director, okay, North Texas district at yeah. the time. Yeah, so, so you did half a semester there. Yep. Okay, and so tell yeah, tell me about that experience. Tell me about how that went. And yeah. Anything you learned from those? Oh from yeah. those guys. Yeah, I mean, I I started off with like comparing youth groups at the start because <laughs> yeah. my my pastor yeah. Keith, my guy in Midland, was the man, and like Joseph's not the same, and so. I uh, had to go to the cross for that a few times and work with, work my way through that. I'm like, hey, it's not supposed to be the same. Yeah. And um, yeah, I learned a ton from Joseph. And uh, just like, uh, I remember the book, Be With Factor. And like, that was just like, his mantra was to be with students and uh, like going to games, going to, uh, I actually influenced a kid to buy an RC car because we just rode mine around all the time. like drove it around. And so... Like I came back down a couple of years and he had one. It was super cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, being in charge of a small group, uh, which was like a mini youth group, that was super cool. Um, learning how to facilitate discussions, to uh, pray for kids specifically, uh, you know, just stuff like that. Instead of just in the past would be like reading scripture for just Mason, but like also like, hey, there's other people in your area of influence that you got to be thinking about. And yeah. so, um, yeah, I love the responsibility of those kids, those students, love the interactions with the other interns. We're all still close today, you know, interaction-wise and um, all mostly youth pastoring at some point or another or somewhere. Yeah, so you, cool. you got through the internship, transition to um, – Stuff with John Catron, yeah, and and learn some stuff over there. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened after that? After because you graduated right after that, right? Yeah, December twenty fifteen. Okay, uh, graduated, and um, my grandpa passed away the previous February okay. of that same year, and that's the first time I ever got homesick. Like the wow. whole two years I was down here, I wasn't homesick, and wouldn't tell my mom that because she'd be mad because <laughs> she was homesick. You know that I wasn't there, but. Yeah. Um, if that probably didn't happen, then I'd probably still be down here somewhere yeah. because it's such a great area and yeah. people and so many connections and that stuff. But, um, December, 2015 didn't have anything lined up. Yeah. I just went back home to Michigan and started working at Cabela's in my local gym. Nice. Just, uh, yeah. And like kind of felt this, like had to go through this, like, why do I believe this almost too? like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, which was tough. Um, why do you um, Why do you believe what? Even just the gospel and yeah, why I believe so, youth ministry is effective. Like yeah. So tell, stuff. so so yeah. Talk talk a little bit about that. So yeah. you graduate. You have you spent all this money. You got this degree. Have this great experience. Yeah. You know, like leading uh, with uh, in a great youth group, youth ministry, great youth pastors. Um, worked, uh, you know, at the Assemblies of God District, which is great with John. Yeah. He's great, and then. Uh, nothing. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, why did you start questioning the gospel? Why did you start questioning, you know, uh, those things? Like yeah. what started, what was the, you know, yeah, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, and I think it was mostly about like being in the OSL, um, like every day where you're with each other, doing ministry together, and they're believing things. Like you kind of just 
morph to what they're believing, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like you're just in it with them. Yeah. And then coming out of it, it's like, oh, um, I actually got to think for myself for say, or I don't know. It was just, I remember like staying up at night thinking about it. Like, do I believe that youth ministry is effective? Do I believe that, um, you know, just stuff like that, those little questions of that. And then look back to my life. I'm like, of course I do because of what I went through, you know, even youth ministry myself. And, um, got a call from a church in Michigan to intern again. And I was like, ah, I'm good. I don't want to intern again. <laughs> and, uh, but found out later, like the next year I could have been the youth pastor, uh, which is fine. Didn't work out, you know, that kind of deal. Um, and then got a call. Uh, so this is all so crazy. So East house, Michigan, shout out to East house Yeah, is where my parents are born and raised. So my grandparents live up there. My grandma's do my aunt's assistant principal. My aunt goes to the church. I was youth pastor at. Wow. He, she was talking to my former pastor at an ice rink just randomly. And my pastor, pastor Tim was talking. He's like, yeah, I'm really looking for a youth pastor, you know, just hoping to find someone. And my aunt's like, my uh, nephew just graduated from Bible college. He's like, no way. And so like switched information. And then my aunt Amy thought that pastor Tim was going to help me find a job in Flint. Cause that's where he's from. But he calls me he's like, Hey, you want to talk about this possibly happening? And I was like, Sure. I never thought about that at all. Like my grandma's old church, my aunt's church. And so I went up there in February and discussed it at a, a restaurant. And um, one way I really, you know, feeling good about it, it was part-time, um, part-time pay, you know, all that kind of stuff. And uh, was super foreign to me because the Oaks is, has eight you know, people on staff at youth at the time. And then <laughs> yeah. where I went yeah. to church in Midland, Michigan, it was a thousand people and yeah. everyone's full time. And so uh, I had to have discussions with my, uh, with Pastor Keith about it, my um, mentor, just about the part-time work thing and how that would work. And kind of in that identity thing, I was trying to figure it out, got like nervous, like, I don't I'm really in control of kids' lives then, you know, or I really have this, you know, uh, responsibility as youth pastor to kids or a community. And so continued to work, said no at first. And then God, in the way he works, kept on working on me, kept on bringing up like my cousins who live there and stuff. And so in June, I was like, hey, Pastor Tim, would love to open that conversation again. And he's like, sure, awesome. And so we did and committed and started June 13th. I think it was 2016 officially. That's wow. when I started. Yeah. And so it was a church of 100 it was about 125 people. Mm-hmm. And then the youth ministry, when I got there, was about seven, six mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. And then um, so it was me, Pastor Tim, and the kids' pastor was also part-time. But it worked because the kids' pastor and I had millions of connections in Taos because he was from there too. So so I wasn't from there, but my family was. So mm-hmm. I had those connections, yeah. Yeah. So so let's just back up a little bit. You're working at Cabela's in a gym. Mm-hmm. You went to Bible college. Yeah. Pastor comes and says, Hey dude, I got a job for you. And you go, Oh, I don't know if I can do that. Yeah. Man. Like how crazy is that? Yeah. You know, like how, how crazy is that the enemy would, you know, just, you know, just say, Hey, for sure. You're not good enough. You yeah. Can't, you can't deal. That's what I was believing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's, that's nuts. So you ended up taking the position. I did. So how did that go? That went, um, yeah, it went good from the start. Like, um, started off like, let's make this like seven or Oaks Youth. Yeah. With seven kids. Because that's all you know. That's all I knew. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And so we started off like in the sanctuary, yeah. is what they had. And then uh, we didn't have, I don't know if this area is just, I don't know what the deal is, but there was no one musically inclined. So it was, <laughs> it was all music video worship, which was great. Yeah. I loved it. I mean, yeah. we still can worship just the same. And, um, yeah, we start off like with me preaching and, you know, kids staring at you, not really knowing what's going on and um, had a like ice cream social for the first one. And my cousin, like the first Sunday, I had five of my cousins in the youth ministry and there was like 10 of people there. And so half of them was family of Mason, which is pretty crazy. <laughs> That's how it works. Yeah. Dude. That's how it works. Especially in that, that size city. Yeah. But um, yeah, it kept on like my pastor was super... Um, just loved uh, loved me and just knew that I would just try things and I would so we like would try just a small group we would try like like almost seven or Oaks Youth small groups like mm-hmm. that form or uh, we ended up doing with the size of the community 
I'm related to the Catholic priest. We share cousins. And so dude, I this use is that. So, this is so, that's so funny. Uh, it dude. is crazy. It is, dude, yeah. It's weird. So we use that to like start communication with each other. And then I was like thinking about this thing of like, what if we just do a thing called Jesus night where it's just not talking about denominations, but we just talk about Jesus. And it'd be super easy for all our smaller youth groups to get a big youth group feel at least once every three months or something like that. So that's what we did. Uh, I think we did it eight times and it was super cool. Like, uh, super easy to invite your friends, and then we would have a speaker that would share something about Jesus. And um, something I always look forward to because, um, yeah, just an easy invite, easy talk about the gospel, and um, continued those conversations at the schools, yeah. which, which I can get into the part-time work side of that too, which goes into that. But, um, yeah, super cool. Yeah, well, yeah, talk about that. So part-time work, you're yeah. doing part-time. What are you doing? What uh what else are you doing for money? Because unless you're just bumming it and eating ramen, you know, I mean, I mean it's even hard to live off of part time just depending on what it is and where you're living. I mean, yeah. So, yeah, get into that a little bit. OK, so I started um, living with my grandma for the okay. first month. And then uh, my uncle called me because there's this house that his dad owns and he got me a deal on a house. It was super cheap that I rented a house. It was a whole house to myself. Wow. And I could see the water on both sides of these this other building because it was right up there on the water. But that was cheap, which was awesome. And so at the start, it was Mason making it by youth pastoring and being the janitor at the time, <laughs> which is great podcast time, by the way. If you ever want a good podcast time, be a janitor. <laughs> be a janitor. Oh, my be gosh. Prime. You just kill it. Oh, so many podcasts. <laughs> um, so I was doing that, and then got into student teaching or uh, substitute teaching at the school. Um, and that was super e easy to get into because um, I would just go in because I had free reign because my aunt's the assistant principal. So she'd be like, Mason, what's up? And I just would start talking to people and stuff like that. And then I would actually get calls, just like personal calls from people like, hey, we need to sub tomorrow. And I was like, Okay, sounds good. And so it would sub Dude, that so way. you're just this undercover youth pastor just, just killing the schools, it man. It was pretty cool. Dude, and then awesome. um, eight, that year as well, started teaching eighth or uh, coaching eighth grade basketball. And then the next year got asked to assistant uh, varsity boys basketball. And so, so at this time I have, you know, uh, P or uh, P uh, youth pastoring, janitorial subbing, and then coaching. And then in the summer I would work at a golf course. That was the nicest golf course up there. And so my dad would take advantage of that. He'd be up there golfing all the time, <laughs> which was awesome. Um, but yeah, like I got, I got paid part-time, but would still put in full-time hours at the church doing stuff, planning, you know, printing things. Cause as a, you know, youth pastor where there's three on staff, you're doing everything, you know, and yeah. I would do stuff for the church as well. And, um, before I took the gig, there was actually, uh, Brian Jarrett, pastor Brian Jarrett. Yeah. He came to our church in Midland and he was talking about, uh, the rural church and talking about that in his heart for it. And he's like, if you ever want to, like he encourages OSL students or whatever, like just out of school, go to a rural church to start mm -hmm. just because you can do so much stuff. And I did like announcements. I did funeral, wedding. I did like praying for old ladies because that was the community. You know, just I did so much stuff that I would have never dreamed, you know, because I'm just like, I'm just a youth pastor. I'm just all I do. But it was way more and above uh, that I could imagine, um, doing ministry-wise and super cool. Um, but to that extent, yeah, I was, I think I had five jobs at one point, four jobs Dude, at so one point. so you're just a millionaire now. It just <laughs> loaded. Yeah, right. Just loaded, man, um, which, you know, is interesting. So, um, yeah, what happened with all that? So keep going, you yeah. know, because I know we you recently transitioned yeah. out of that. Um, yeah, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it was um, it was one of the the best growing times personally, as like adulting life. Like yeah. that was the first step on how to actually cook food and stuff, and you know that kind of deal, and deal with the anxiety of dishes. And uh, <laughs> started like my second summer there. Like just really felt this this nagging thought or this, this sense of like, man, I just want, there's just something, there has to be something more mm -hmm. as in the extent of like, I love Sundays and I love the people of East Hallis, but there's just like, 
this next level of following Jesus. And I didn't feel like I was 100% all in is what it felt like for me. And so... Okay, hold on. Pause. Yeah. You didn't feel like you were 100% all in with Jesus and you were part-time youth pastor yeah. and doing the dirty work of, of uh, washing people's feet uh, as yeah. a janitor. You were subbing and ministering to people and teaching in school, yeah. basketball coaching, and working at a golf course. Okay, let's say for just, you know, as an example, the golf course really wasn't relevant. I don't know. You probably could be ministering to people there. Yeah. Absolutely. But in terms of the youth ministry and ministry in general, like you're killing it, you yeah. know? Like, but you didn't feel like you were all in for Jesus? Yeah, it was just the, the, um, I mean, just the personal things of like, I show up on Sunday, you know, you do your thing, make yeah. the coffee, you do that kind of stuff. And then you just, interactions with people were great, but it, that's where it ended. Like mm -hmm. I, I didn't know what, you know, the Cups life was about, or I didn't know anything like that. Um, just to name a few people, like you I wasn't. You didn't know the behind the scenes of Yeah, like all yeah. I knew was an hour and a half on Sunday an hour on Wednesday sometimes. And then, um, like they didn't know me. They didn't know like what I was struggling with. Cause as a pastor, they're just like, Oh, he's always good. He's fine. You know, like he's up there praying. His prayer was a little <laughs> off, but he's fine. He's good. You know, like everything's peachy yeah. keen. Yeah. And, uh, it was like that sense of, I didn't have a community to ask me like, Mason, how are you really? You know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, even us as ministers, we, we kind of got into that, but still, um, you're, you're ministering with one another, so you can't trust each other a hundred percent, you know, because you, you gotta be like, well, he's your gotta boss. Be, there's gotta be a border. Yeah. Yeah. He's your yeah boss. For sure. Yeah. And so that was the next journey I was on was like finding this community or finding this, uh, a church body that, man, I could just be a hundred percent is what I felt like. I just like, if I were to die tomorrow, it would be okay. I don't know. Like there, that even those type of thoughts came in because I was in a community too. This I have to preface this, where it's all retirement folk. So there's a lot of, a lot of deaths happening, and so you kind of get that feeling yeah. of like as a 25 year old, like man, what happens if I pass away tomorrow? You know, am I 100% in love with Jesus? Am I? You know, do I confess uh, and believe that my salvation is what it is? You know, and um, I was doing a lot of ministry things, but I don't think I was in love with Jesus. Wow. You know, and it wasn't coming out of a love. It was coming out of like, I have to do this because I'm yeah. getting paid to do this. Yeah. You know, and so I got stuck into that uh, little area as well. But my second summer started looking and um, read uh, Crazy Love by Francis Chan was a little late to that boat because this was like <laughs> yeah. years after. Yeah, he wrote that. It was like 2009, yeah. early 2000s. Yeah. And, and uh, probably was like sooner than that. And you're 2017. 30, 15, 17 years. Yeah. 2018. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know, um, God has given me the ability uh, to just believe stuff, which is so great, but I'm thankful that he's also like guarded me from other books, if that makes sense. Because mm -hmm. like, man, I was reading this and I'm like, that's spot on. Oh my gosh, that's spot on. And like, uh, it helps in, you know, following Jesus also. It's black and white sometimes for me, which is also not always good because I don't think about deeply things. But um, yeah, I read that and was like really encouraged to... Uh, just this thought of like going 100%, going all in, going, um, doing weird things for Jesus, you know, 100% uh, financial, um, given to him in the sense of like he's in control, um, having friends that are not just asking surface level, but actually getting deeper and talking about Jesus and that kind of stuff. And so um, found this thing called the Church Intensive in San Francisco. And it's through We Are Church is what it's called. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it or not, but... Um, I mean, you're allowed to say whatever you want. Okay, I just didn't know. <laughs> um, but just looked at it, and it was a, it's a house church is what they do, and they've been doing it for eight or seven years, seven or eight years, and um, like their goal is to, to know each other completely, to love Jesus wholly, and just keep on going and just do it 100%. Like, that's their, their idea. And so I was like, man, I just want to... To check it out so for four days went out there flew out there and um but didn't know this going out there that like like someone said when i got there they're like hey it's gonna be a really great week i'm sorry francis won't be here but uh it's gonna be a great week and i'm like francis who and they're like francis chan i'm like 
what? And so it turns out he started this thing, uh, which he's walking away from now. Um, but he, um, from his mega church, they started this house church with his buddies, that kind of deal, eight years ago, seven years ago. And it was the coolest thing in the sense of like, the pastor I was with was a cop in the city. And yeah. the assistant pastor was an IT guy. Yeah. And they both had been raised up in just the the church body. Like they didn't go to... They didn't have a specific role that was being paid no. by the church. They were in the community uh, being paid for other jobs, yeah. but op- still operating in the role of pastor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Super cool. Pastor Al was his name and... Uh, he had some pretty crazy stories of the city, you know, city life. Yeah. But then he like also knew uh, we went to an area and he knew people because they go there and proclaim the gospel every Sunday and, you know, hand out sandwiches, that kind of deal. And I was there four days and on Sunday after leaving at, we got there at 10, we left at five, I think it was, after being together. Did you go with somebody? You said we, like we left. We as in like there was a person from Auburn, Idaho. Oh, those people oh, were put together. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And then we, as in the church body, which was like 16 of them, I just felt like right after leaving, I was like, man, I can't wait to see these guys Wednesday. And I'm like, I just met these people. Super crazy. And, um, so after that whole experience left, uh, coming back to youth pastoring and, uh, told my pastor about it. He's like, man, we could do something like that here. And I just felt like it still wasn't 100% for me. I was like, no, I really just want to do this. Like, that's it. Like, part of a church body that they multiplied more homes. There's never a building in mind. And, man, they just are reading Scripture together, the same Scripture the whole time. They are pursuing Jesus. They are making weird decisions for Jesus. They're sacrificing for Jesus. And, like, it's just normal. Like, that's just what they do. Like, it's not, like, anything questioned like, why did you just give a thousand bucks to somebody that you barely know? They're like, just do that. It's just what happens because this is, that's this community. And so, um, they put you in an email blast of everyone that's been there. And someone questions like, Hey, is there any of these in Michigan? And this was in March or no January. And, uh, someone said Farmington Hills. And I was like, Ooh, it's near Detroit. I'm going to have to write down that number. Um, his name was Dave, uh, Mansfield, my pastor now. And, um, crazy story. His sister was in Collins, as I was in Collins, but they're from Detroit. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. Super crazy. They were actually just home for Thanksgiving. So yours, uh, the pastor's name is Dave Mansfield. Dave Mansfield, and He pastors yeah. a type of church um, like Francis Chan's uh, initiative yeah. type of deal. It's not... it. It's not a church building. It's, hey, we're just going to be the church mm-hmm. and, you know, do all those things, whatever. Yeah, and we are a church is super cool about that because... The intensive is just to give you the idea and give you the like the structure or the slash yeah. the DNA and you don't like send stuff back to them. Like we are just a different body doing the same type of deal, basically. Yeah. And so it's super cool like that. But um Yeah, so went down there in March to Detroit and hung out with them and um hung out with their a million kids that they have. And um it was just like Dave and Jesse and Dana and Paula uh, were all like just different. Like you could just tell, like, and they're reading scripture together. They're bringing up topics that we're just eating food at the dinner table or whatever. And it's like in-depth things that doesn't happen when you shake someone's hand on a Sunday morning, you know, like that kind of stuff. And, um, and I want to say that too, like going out to San Francisco, they told us right away, this is not better than a building church. Like, this is just another way to do it. Like, mm-hmm. it's just as equal. God uses everything, which is crazy, but it's the way God works. Um, and I had to, you know, go to the cross for that as well because I'm like, this is going to be better. But uh, all these all these building churches, they just suck. Just the worst. <laughs> yeah, so I had to repent for that uh, because they're just as effective and, you know, that kind of deal. But um, came back, checked it out in March, and then went back down in July and that's when the associate pastor, uh, Jesse and Dana, they were like, hey, if you want to come down soon, the basement is open for you to live in. And I'm like, you just met me, just barely. You know what I mean? And it just they didn't, yeah. barely even knew me. How far is that away from, what, how far of a like transition was would that have been um, from where you currently were? Yeah. You said Farmington Hills was like in Detroit. How far 
like in comparison like, that's uh two and a half hours south so it's two and a half hours okay. yep cool yeah and i and i committed to three years in my brain uh i remember hearing a stat here like youth pastors average 18 months yeah and so i was like man i want to at least double that at yeah. house no matter what yeah and so that was june of 2019 that's what i committed to at least and so um so, so that was this past summer yes okay yeah and so like doing that going down to farmington hills i knew like i'd be here till june at least and then i yeah. uh, had mission trip planned and stuff so i wanted to stay for that and then september came around and uh well really august and that's when i first told our leaders and then um our pastor transitioned out there working on a new one and had to tell the church board and so that was a whole different experience in itself and uh it's kind of funny like no knock on Sir Charles is what I call them. He like right away is like, when do we stop paying them? You know, like because they're <laughs> they're a little nervous about the finances and stuff. Yeah. But but they understood like they knew. I mean, a 23 year old going up there, being in an area where there's seven of other 23 year olds, whatever. It's not a, a community for you know our generation. They knew that I'd be moving at some point, and yeah. so it was pretty easy transition, uh, super loving transition. And um, my last Sunday was the new pastor, lead pastor, first Sunday. And wow. I knew him. And so he made it super easy and comfortable. He's like, man, Mason, we want to honor you. And uh, he's the the um, camp director of our sermon camp. So we cool. had that connection. Yeah. So um, September 8th was my last official Sunday as youth pastor. And then started in Farmington Hills September 15th and moved down into my basement wow. uh, bedroom. Super nice down there with Jesse and Dana. And there are three boys that are under the age of five. So I have three new brothers. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And um, so you went from pastoring yeah. uh, on staff, getting paid part-time, but doing a lot of other different things, making an impact Yeah. Um, for the kingdom. And then you just felt this sense of, I'm just doing things for Jesus. I'm not really living life with Jesus. Yeah. I'm talking about faith, but I don't know how much faith I'm actually using yeah. right now. Yeah. And then you um, went out to this initiative with Francis Chan mm -hmm. out in San Francisco, kind of what, because so, everybody in the church world knows that Francis Chan had a mega, mega church and he left his mega church yeah. and he kind of just disappeared. Nobody really, I mean, some people kind of knew yeah. what he was doing, but he's basically been um, creating a new model for church. If, if I'm or just borrowing from the Chinese church, yeah. I, I would well, say too. Yeah, I would say he's also borrowing from uh, most churches overseas or, outside yeah. of America. I mean, um, there's a great documentary called Sheep Among Wolves. I don't know if you've ever heard about that, um, but it's about the Iranian church. Mm. It's the fastest growing church in the world, um, and it's illegal to be a Christian. Yeah, and the um, prominent leaders of the church in Iran are women, mm. the most heavily perse persecuted people in Iran because yeah. women don't have any rights um, there in Iran. And so um, uh, it's a whole documentary about it, but yeah. man, it's profound because they don't have a building. They can't. Yeah. It's illegal. Yeah. Like they can't have yep. any, you know, uh, 501c3, you know, they can't have yeah. any legal status. Um, but more importantly, the, it, it, it is, um, if you become a Christian or if you convert somebody to Christianity, you can die for it yeah, for sure. sure. So it's all through houses. It's all through, you know, relationships yeah. yep. and, and different things like that. And so you basically went out there, saw that, and you were like, dude, this is it. Yeah. This is it. The, the you know, building church, dumb. I know that's <laughs> I know. not, I well, know, I know. To start, then I repent. Yes. Yeah. Basically, you're like, I want to do this. I want yeah. to live out this faith you know, type of thing. And so you transitioned out yep. of your uh, role as, you know, youth pastor there, moved uh, into a basement with the pastors of this church, or would you call them pastors or really just kind of leaders? Yeah, elders, leaders. Elders. Yeah. Um, and so what are you doing now for money? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing now to support yourself, dude? So I... I I mean, from the start, like... Even... And this is, this is recent. Like, this happened, like three months ago, yeah. you know, yeah. and you're visiting Texas, uh, visiting some friends. Yeah. And so that's how we connected. And, um, I got you on the podcast cause I was like, dude, we yeah. gotta talk about this, yeah. man. We gotta, we gotta dialogue about it. Um, and so, yeah, what are you doing now? Yeah. So I've entitled this year, my gap year because, 
you know, everyone needs to find themselves, yeah. you know, uh, when I already found myself. But, um, yeah. So when I first moved down there, I was like, man, I don't want to just sit in Jesse and Dana's basement and do nothing down there because it's kind of, it's kind of awkward if you're just moving to someone's house, you're always watching Netflix or whatever, but I'd be reading the Bible, of course, you know, naturally. <laughs> um, I would be praying 24 yeah, hours a day. At least, I mean, like I'm, 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 I'm holy now. Yes, at least super <laughs> righteous. Uh, I got to humble myself later, but, um, the, uh, lead pastor, Dave, his brother had a food truck called the rolling stoves. That's what it's called. Rolling stoves. Stoves. Like stoves. Stove. Yeah, stoves. Stoves. Okay. And so it makes sense because the, the stoves are yeah. moving. Yeah. yeah. And they decided to open a permanent building, and it opened the week I got down there. And I was like, Dave, man, I'll work there, man. I'll, I'll clean the toilets, do whatever. He's like, sure. Yeah, we can make that happen. And uh, so he, our lead pastor, is the manager of the rolling stoves. That's how he gets paid because we don't pay him in the church uh, the way we work. And... <laughs> So I've been working there, learning how to fry up food, flipping burgs, putting cheese on the burgs, <laughs> the burgs. making the uh, specific, <laughs> the burgs, making the specific um, type of burgers we got. And um, yeah, I've been doing that. Wait, did you, did you learn how to do that in ministry school? I, did you learn? Mason, how could you have done that? I did not learn how to do that. I learned how to make mac and cheese at Collins, the microwave, <laughs> but... It's a little different. Um, so wait, what you're telling me is you didn't get a culinary degree. I did not. Okay. And you don't really need one to work here, but <laughs> I did not, no. Okay, so you're you're learning how to flip the birds. Yeah, and that was like like everything about moving down here is super uncomfortable. Yeah. Because you're in someone else's house. Yeah. You can't just go up there and snack all the time. No. I you have, can't just watch Netflix. I can't walk around all over the place, you know, no. because they yeah. have their can't spaces. Walk, can't walk around your boxer briefs or I wasn't going to say that, but you did. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. Thinking it's the same way. I like being, it. Yeah, we're just being real. And then, um, yeah, like I work there 30 hours a week, roughly. Um, and then I'm like this hybrid parent is what I call myself. As in like Dave, they have four kids and then Jesse and Dana who I live with, they have three kids and I'm always around them. And so that's how actually I'm sick right now. We're just getting over it is because hanging out with them, playing cars, that kind of stuff. And like did not know how much I would learn about parenting. Like even real, real even, quick, bro, real quick. You'll learn real quick. Oh, so fast. <laughs> just even like, you know, people say you really appreciate your parents when you have kids. Yeah. Like I've already felt that now. Like, Oh my <laughs> gosh. Like, I'm talking to this kid. He never listens. Super <laughs> weird. And I know that was me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh man. So thankful for my parents' uh, patience. Yeah. Um, but that's uncomfortable and growing. Um, don't know the area. That's uncomfortable. And like, I still have this community of believers though, that I can go and they're like, dude, we got you. Like we can just come on in, hang out with us. You know, it doesn't matter that you're single, the only one, whatever. Like we're, <laughs> we'll hang out with, you know, you'd be the third yeah, wheel and it's third not wheel. the third wheel. Yeah. Um, but so we meet on Tuesdays to okay. read scripture throughout the whole week. We have a Bible plan that we read five days a week. And so on t Tuesdays our cheat day where we read together the Bible plan. And then that's the Bible throughout the whole year. Uh, we're in revelation right now. And I think it's revelation Psalms and we just got done with Nehemiah. Um, and then Friday is prayer. And that's just two hours of praying for our needs, praying for uh, people that don't know Jesus, for kids that are away from the Lord. And then Sunday is like our fellowships last slash we get into um, even what we read again. Uh, we worship, but it doesn't, there's not really a set Sunday thing. But Sunday is like you get there at 10, we leave at 6. Like it's all day hang out. It's all day like. Like, is it is it just at someone's house? It is, yeah. It's yeah. at Dave's house, and it's yeah. just um, like in the community. We're playing basketball. We're asking guys to play, and it's just it's super. I mean, it's just uncomfortable because you can't hide on Sundays. Like it gets to you, and it's like Mason. How's your week? I'm like, good, you know. And it's like you can't hide behind that, man. There's only yeah. six of us here, and so <laughs> it gets to a spot where it's it's uncomfortable, but it's so 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 good. And so yeah. like, oh my gosh, nothing but love. Hey man, we're here for you. Yeah, can we pray for you? You know, like all these type of things that are in a small group, are in a, um, 
you know, like things that are good. It's just, but yeah, it's, it's, fam- just, it's family, man. It's the church. Yeah. yeah, it's family for sure. And so they've been doing it for a year and we've had talks of like the future and what that looks like and stuff like that. But um, yeah, like the goal is to continue that and continue like down the road to be like for me to be a pastor of a, a house church yeah and dave's still doing it but we're getting together and talking about it yeah so multiplying man yeah yep i love that so so just in terms of um you know church thinking okay so there's no uh is there any kind of tithing is there any kind yeah. of giving so what does that go to is it like a um, is there a 501, is it a 501c3 or is it just like a, Hey, we're just getting together, you know, yeah. kind of, I don't know if you know all the, uh, uh, logistics. Yeah. Of all that. Well, I have like two references cause we are church told us all about that. Okay. And we have done something as well. Okay. So okay. yeah, we are church. They had like with the 16 house churches they had, they each have an account Okay. and they have a person over the account. But like, even when we were there, one of the house churches was like, Hey, we have a buddy that are, they're trying to foster this kid, but they don't have enough money. Do you guys want to take care of that? They're like, sure. So they raised 6,000 bucks on the spot and took care of this buddy's foster fees, whatever it was, and just did it. Wow. And so like their idea and our idea too, as well as like, um, like donating to things. I mean, you don't have to worry about the lights or our money, that kind of stuff. So you can donate to things in the community that will either bring more influence or, you know, just to love somebody. Mm-hmm. So like even like uh, we have a buddy at work that his car was having issues and like Dave put out a list like as a possibility to donate to him, you know, like to tithe to him per se. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have an account that we tithe to that Jesse's over. And then from there we decide as a, you know, church family, man, what do we want to what do we want to give to you? So it's yeah. not support, like the pastor isn't taking a paycheck out of it. No. But is it its own uh, non-profit or non-for-profit? You get what I'm saying when yeah. I'm asking that? Yeah, I think. You think? I think I do. I don't know. <laughs> Explain more for me so I can really get So it. like a 501c3 or, or a non-for-profit basically is a legal entity that oh. you can funnel um, funds through. Yeah. So you can pay employees, you can, um, do certain things. You can't yeah. make money, but you can definitely meet needs yeah. and you can also utilize it as I'm, you know, the, 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 the contributions are paying me because yeah. I'm on staff, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. For sure. So, so is it, you know, is it just an account and it's just like, Hey, this guy's over the account. Yeah. And it's no legal entity. Like just, it's Dave and Jesse both have, the ability to get to the account because we're we're the size of like we average six of us, five of us, gotcha. seven of us, gotcha. and so it's uh, well, like say for instance, let's just well, I'll, I'll say for instance, would so the the biggest benefit of a five hundred one c three is just tax write off. Yeah. So let's say you have a you know mega donor or somebody that says, hey, I want to give three thousand dollars. Can I get a tax write off for it? Mm. Would that church? Or would the house church be able to do that, or is it just not like work? No, dude, just you'll give the money to it, or yeah. whatever. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it's just the second part. Okay, especially in the the realm of where we're at, where it's mm-hmm. only been. Yeah, you a only year have six, you only, yeah, it's a year and three months. Out. You only have six people. Yeah, like it's not like you're it's not, not trying. something to to worry about now. Yeah, yeah, but we're having those discussions of like, what does yeah. that look like? Well, what does multiplication look like? Yeah, like you said earlier, and and different things like that. Yeah. And it's and it's very different. You're not trying to. I can almost see that you're not trying to be a nonprofit because no. if I'm doing it in China or Iran, like, I don't want anybody to know. Yeah. You know. I mean, other than other than hey, you just come and be a part of this type of deal. Like, I don't want the government to know. Yeah. That I'm registered. Like. Yeah. For you know, sure. If it's illegal, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's just an account. Is what we donate yeah. to for say for say, and then do with it. Um, you know, just praying about it and like, man, what can we what can we help out? Yeah, go from there. So, do you have any specific? You mentioned earlier that a guy's car, yeah, was jacked, and y'all were able to fix it. Well, he he, we thought about it. We didn't do it. He bought it. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, like Dave, we had a list the other day of like all these needs of things. Um, there was a uh, people that don't even belong to our church, but live in our community that. Um, I think she lost her job. And so we were thinking about like helping them out, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff that maybe we just love them already because they're in our community and so yeah. we help them out, you know, that kind yeah. of deal. Um, and it was just, it's a cool, it's, it's super cool. how It's, it's, it's 
going back in the community for say, or it's like, we're not doing it so that get more people to our church, but yeah. we're doing it like, no, we love this person. Yeah. Like we have the means to help them as a church body. Yeah. And then they could be like, what are you guys doing? We're like, oh, yeah. worshiping Jesus. Yeah. You know, or Absolutely. we love the Lord. We're making yeah. these weird decisions. Absolutely. Have you personally been able to connect with somebody, you know, um, you get what I'm saying? Like, have you been able to go like, hey, dude, you know, yeah, I'm a part of this or love somebody, yeah. make connections in the community as a result of what you're doing and make some friends that don't know Jesus yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, we have a, like a lot, like the basketball we do on Sunday is, I pers- I would say outreach in the sense of like, we're balling for sure, but it's like interactions where it's weird conversations to these guys. You know, we're bringing up like, you know, like, what happens when you guys die, you know, because they're atheists or whatever. But um, like working with Dave, like we're having these like Jesus deep conversations, yeah. you know, about like the Feast of Booths and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. And like people are hearing our conversations. They're like, what are what these guys talking about? Yeah. And so for even at myself, um, like it's it's super helpful to be like, uh, like in, not bad convicting, but good not condemning, but convicting and they're like, man, I need to talk to someone about Jesus, yeah. you know, because, you know, Dave did it this week. I, yeah. I need to talk to somebody. Well, like you're that. around, you're around it. Yeah. yeah for you're sure. around it. When you see people living it out, you're yeah. going, Oh crap. Yeah. You know, I can't continue to be, and it's just you, the environment has a huge influence on what you actually do for sure. and how you behave. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And even like we're, like the We Are Church people, they want you to be discipled and be discipling somebody. Because yeah. that's just, I mean, that's what Jesus yeah. said. And so like, I love it. even for uh, a house church, you're not inviting them to an event, but you're inviting them into your life. Yeah, it'd say, hey, dude, come have dinner with my family. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Abs- yep. Yeah. And talk about life and deal with kids biting each other or whatever. You know, it's like a part of life. Yeah, man. It is. Well, the other day... Um, it was about a week ago and I've been, I've been feeling convicted about the same thing about, man, am I really like living for Jesus? Am I talking to strangers about Jesus and not even really like going, Hey, do you know Jesus? But just going, just being aware and being friends with people, you know? So I was at, um, Buffalo Wild Wings with a young adult just having dinner. And I saw this guy just sitting by himself having a beer and I was like, he was a young adult too. He was, he was, he was, I think he was 25. And I was just so convicted because I was talking to this one guy about just church and Christianity and stuff. And I'm like, dude, I'm tired of talking about church. Yeah. Like I, it's time to, it's time to be the church. And yeah. the, I'm not sharing this as a way to boast. I'm just sharing it as a recent example in terms of like, man, at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter whether you're a pastor on staff or whether you're flipping burgers, yeah. dude. Like yeah. it really just matters how much you love Jesus because perfect love casts out all fear. Yeah. So the more that you love Jesus, the more you're going to want to go after these people, yeah. you know? Yeah. And just because you don't want to go after them doesn't mean that you're not a Christian. Or yeah. It doesn't mean that you're not a good Christian. It just means like, hey, continue to pursue Jesus yeah. and it's going to overflow and get yeah. around people that pursue Jesus. It's going to overflow. Yeah. So I see, I see him sitting by himself and I'm just like, hey, man, I noticed you're sitting by yourself. Like, do you have anybody coming to you with you? And he's like, no, man, I'm like, I'm pretty comfortable being by myself. And I know, I'm like, that's a load of crap. <laughs> like, nobody's, <laughs> nobody's like, nobody's comfortable being by themselves. Everybody's yeah. like, we're made to be in relationship, you know? And I was like, I didn't say that's a load of crap, but I was like, dude i mean are you from the area like and he's he's from a town that's close by and um i was just like man i don't know if you need a friend or anything like that but yeah i'd love to be your friend man if if you're in the area and if you want to get uh dinner sometime or something like that man i'd love to connect and i don't know if you play sports or anything dude because i play sports i yeah. don't right now because i had knee surgery in september Ooh. but um was just basically saying hey dude i noticed you're sitting by yourself Let's be friends. Yeah. Well, we exchanged numbers, connected with him, and uh, brought one of my other buddies that I've been discipling for a while to dinner. Uh, met with him on Monday. Went to dinner with uh, this guy named Alan that I met. Uh, the guy that I was telling you is by himself. Yeah. Had dinner with him Wednesday, and he was just talking to me about how he had been praying and asked, like, not 
really praying because he you know he wasn't really a believer but he was just like i just need a sign yeah i just need a sign from god that you know god is real that he loves me you know all this stuff so me coming and even just approaching him and yeah. not talking to him about jesus i prayed with him i was like hey man if there's anything i can pray for i pray for you so we prayed and then exchanged numbers and stuff but um me coming over to him and talking to him he was like dude it was like it really was a sign from god that you know um that he's real it was just crazy that's cool you know? yeah and um so me and my buddy Iliad, we invited him to church that next sunday uh, and he brought his brother-in-law. They both gave their heart to Jesus. Nice. Got saved and were friends. What? And discipling them, dude. It's it's great. That's awesome. It's, it's, it's a huge, huge yeah. win for yeah. the kingdom, man. But what's cool about it is, um, dude, it didn't really, like a lot of times we, we wuss out and we think it's like going to be this, like I've done it many times. Oh, I yeah, feel like, too. you know, somebody's, I can go pray with that person or I can go and just introduce myself to that person yeah. and just make conversation. And I'm like, ah, you know, they'll come yeah. up weird. You know, they're going to think I'm prophetizing, you know, yeah. all this, all this, all the lies that the enemy oh, yeah. tries to speak to you. But what was, what was remarkable to me was that, um, man, I was the vehicle or the means for him to see Jesus yeah. and see God. Yeah. Like God wasn't just going to appear. I was the appearance. Yeah. You know? Like, and I'm not saying that God can't do that. Yeah. But I am the image of God. And it wasn't on you specifically. You just no. went over there and yeah. were just faithful. Yeah. And it you know? and it really like I didn't necessarily feel like the Holy Spirit was like, hey, go talk to that guy. Yeah. I just felt the Holy Spirit was like, he's by himself. Yeah. Like, what do you it wasn't even a question. You know, it was yeah. like I mean, I guess the question was, what are you going to do? Yeah. You know, and I was just like, man, um, I think, you know, loneliness is an epidemic in, in our society, sure. even though we're so socialized and so connected yeah, supposedly. Uh, virtually. Yeah. You know, I think it's an epidemic. And so for me, it was just revelation that the harvest is plentiful. Man. That's cool. Like, That's super cool. The fact that not only him, but another person came and gave their heart to Jesus with him because the harvest is plentiful, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And, and, and that's encouraging, you know, cause again, well, I go to a big church I go to a building church yeah. and you're part of a, uh, a church that doesn't have a building, yeah. but it's the same goal. It's the same means no matter what. And that is, man, let's be Jesus to every person we meet, Yeah, you know? And it yeah. doesn't have to be weird. Like I, again, I went, so I, I, got, I was pumped from that. I was like, okay, we're reaching everybody in Waxahachie, <laughs> dude. So I go to this guy at the GNC and um, just getting to know him. And he like goes to Sagu and I was like, dude, let's connect, man. Let's get lunch. Here's my number, dude. Text me. Give me your, you know, yeah. uh, uh, give me your number. So I get, he gave me his number, text him, never heard back from him, mm. you know? And it's not, you know, it's not rejection no. towards me. It's just going, Hey man, it doesn't matter whether people say yes or no, or whether you have a yeah. great experience or a non-great experience. It just means am I being Jesus? Yeah. Am I being relational? Yeah. You know, and that's hard. I yeah. mean, honestly, like you said, we all have fears for sure in, in some capacity, but yeah. it's just like, dude, I, we, what are we doing? Yeah. The biggest, the biggest thing for me was, um, Jesus pursued me. Like Jesus left heaven and came to earth and not only came to earth, but has been pursuing me my whole life. Yeah. Why would I not pursue someone else? Yeah. Why would I not go out of my way to pursue that? Yeah, right for sure. So that man, just you talking about that, I was like, oh man, yeah. yes, dude, totally agree. I yeah. love it, man. So, tell me about like what are some of the biggest things that God has done since you started being a part of this church? You yeah. Know? Um, I mean, like maybe maybe some revelation or just you know stuff yeah. that God's been speaking to you or. Um, stuff that you've seen and and maybe even just the uncomfortableness is, yeah. is a part of that, you know, like you were talking about earlier. Yeah, I think it's it's a whole new level of growth Yeah, from Taos. It's a, just a different level of, like, it's just different. Like, I don't know, it's like... Um, it's, it's, it's a different level of faith, for it sure. It is, for sure, yeah. And it's, um, I think one big one was, and as you were talking... I was thinking about it, like the thought of like, do we believe if someone does not accept Jesus, are they really going to hell? Yeah. And so like, that's been like, oh my gosh, like they might not be here tomorrow. I need to, you know, yeah. invest. I need to, 
um, get to a point, you know, or just share the gospel and not care what the, the yeah. consequences are, that yeah. it's weird all of a sudden yeah. at work. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's been one. And then, um, man, am I spending more time hanging out with Jesus, reading his word, uh, praying, talking about him, than I am in entertainment or in, in looking at sports things or yeah. that, you know, is the time with Jesus above everything? Like literally, yeah. I mean, it's so easy to say, like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I spend time with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, like five minutes. Yeah, like yeah. about time. Yeah. You know, but it's like, no, I need to, I need to do that because I'm going to have an awkward conversation tomorrow or like that's with the Chinese church that they need like reading books about it. Like they need Jesus so bad because of the persecution of yeah. like, uh, like there's stories of people's tongues getting cut out because they proclaim Jesus's name, you know, like yeah. all these things that we don't have here, which I'm, I'm so grateful for, but at the same time, it hurts us because we're not all 100% in. I feel yeah. like at least that was me. Well, it's just lethargic. Yeah. It's just, it's sure. like, it's not intentional Yeah, as, as much as, like, if you're fearing for your life, dude, it's it's yeah different. But one thing... You need him. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. one thing Pastor Mark was talking to me about the other day is he was like, man, it's all relevant, too. We yeah. got to understand God knows where we're at because the battles that we face may not be physical persecution but it's all mental yeah because i know that battles that you're facing right now you're going dude i just went to bible college and i'm i'm, I'm not I'm flipping burgers yeah you know like value you can totally attach your value to what you're doing For sure. to your identity if you're not careful but yeah. we all know that man value doesn't come from what you do it comes from you being in the yeah. image of god yeah you being the only mason there is oh preach on the face of the earth yeah and 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 uh, in the entire history of humanity, you're the only one. So, okay, there's value. For sure. You don't have to do anything to have value. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, those lies can totally come in and oh, yeah. mess with you and uh, have a, a waging war type effect for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think off that as well, like, there's a lot, as youth pastor, I did a Mason's ability. Like, yeah. I'm super wow. great at, you know, well, not super great, but I can communicate with kids. I can ask them about what they're wearing. I can do all these type of things, but like, am I really dependent on the Lord? And so I, there's like so many times where I'm like, I am not dependent on the Lord at all. Like this whole event was all Mason and it was like successful per se, yeah. whatever that looks like, but it wasn't successful in the kingdom of God. Like there wasn't salvation. There wasn't, you know, those type of things. And that's where even the move has been like instrumental in, like like what you said, it's not what you what you do, but it's who you are. You know, it's like man, Mason loves Jesus. He talks about it over flipping burgers, and he's an entity or he's a body or whatever. He I kind of want to be like him. You know, as I'm next to someone that doesn't know Jesus. Like, and that's the goal of like our house church is just like making weird decisions for Jesus, depending on Jesus because we need him. And uh, yeah, we're just figuring it out, and it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, some people some people can balk at the word weird. Yeah, you know? for sure. They're like, oh, oh man, they're weird. They're one of those weird Christians, man. You know. Yeah. And I think that um, I I kind of get what you're saying. I don't think it's necessarily weird. well. I could give you an example. Yeah, give me an example. So even like in our house church, Dave was off work, and Jesse paid a salary for like six months, like just no doubt, just like yeah, I'll do that for you, no biggie. And it was like. Of quite a bit amount of money and it's just because he like loved him and he wanted him to uh, get the restaurant open that kind of deal and it was like no second guessing it was just like yeah sure I got you bro you know and it's like Jesse's not asking for the money back yeah that's not it's not normal no definitely for not. sure or and it's a 26 year old living in your basement when you have three kids under five three, and you're 32 and 31 years old yeah, three you know? kids under five yeah and so like that's not normal and, you know, and so yeah. like that kind of deal, or we have another situation where there's a guy that, um, he has some, uh, post-traumatic stress disorders and it's just like, it's been a lot on all of us and it's not easy, but it's like, man, we're called to love everybody. We're called to love those that are broken as you can see them broken and those that are broken that don't share that stuff. But it's just like those type of things where like people are like questioning, like, why, why do you guys want to still hang out with them? like man we love him you yeah know, we, we're for him we're praying for a miracle yeah. it's gonna happen we're gonna believe and so um like those type of different decisions that are weird 
in quotations that yeah, most, are not most, normal. Yeah, people would say, do you, why would you pay six months of a salary? Yeah. Like, what are you thinking? Yeah, he can like, get another job. Yeah. He's fine. Why would you even do, yeah, for sure. Totally, yeah. totally can see that. So it's not weird, I don't think is the the best word. I but like to say that one. You like to say it because it, it, it's definitely, it's ca- yeah, it's catchy for yeah. sure. Um, but it's just different. It's for cri- sure. It's, I would say it's Christian. You know, it's love. Yeah. It's extravagant. You know, yeah. and it's it's um, influencing. Yeah, it's just not common. You yeah, know? Um, like influencers do things that most people don't do. Yeah, you know for sure. And I think that as Christians, we're not doing things most people do. Yeah, like we don't watch Netflix Netflix eight hours a day. Yeah, you know? and our spare time is just Netflix. Yeah, you know, Disney Plus is getting me, man. I gotta, I gotta, we gotta work on that. What you been watching? That. Mandalorian, dude. What do you think? Oh, I mean, I've been watching Even Stevens, Even <laughs> Stevens show. So, <laughs> yeah, for sure, so good, for sure. Um, so really, man, the big reason why I wanted to have you on the podcast, yeah, was because uh, the typical um, model or frame of mind for uh, an average OSL student is to say, "Hey, I'm going into ministry school, going to OSL, mm-hmm. getting tons of experience." Yeah, I'm awesome. Like, do you guys know I worked at the Oaks? Like, <laughs> I'm I'm great, you know? Like, there can definitely be this this mindset of, hey, I got to go work at a mega church, or hey, I got to go do this. So you, so just first off, you went and it that wasn't a reality for you. Mm-mm. You worked at a smaller church. Yeah, it was part time. It wasn't full time, you know. Yeah. Um, and so that's huge. Like then that's that's normal. I would say for most churches in America. Yeah. You know, for sure. It's it's uncommon to work at a mega church, actually. But yeah. for some reason, when you get into the church world, you just start thinking about, you know, all these great big churches, which is not bad. Yeah. It's not bad. Um, it's just different. And the reality is sometimes different than what we think. And so managing your expectations um, and managing expectations just in general is a huge thing. But for most of our listeners, I'll, I'm like, dude, you got to manage expectations and know what the reality yeah. really is. But then I'm like... You left everything, dude. Yeah. You left everything to go live in a basement, yeah. man, and, and flip burger. You're going, dude, what? You're throwing your life away, most some <laughs> people would say, right? Yeah. But you you probably would say and argue that you're actually living more than you for sure were whenever you were yeah. pastoring. Yeah, and I, I had to have that conversation with my parents because they paid for most of my school. <laughs> oh, I was dude. like, oh. is this okay? Like... I have this church leadership degree and technically not using it to get paid for money and stuff like, yeah, I mean, I mean, coming down here was a different decision as in like my family just thought I would, you know, stay around there, you know, that kind of deal. And so I've, I've done, have had decisions that are totally led by the Lord that, um, they totally understand. And so that built up to this and like, man, Mason, we just support you no matter what we love you. And we know that you'll find a job, whatever that kind of stuff and what it looks like in, that they were so thankful that I was making decisions based on the kingdom. You know, it doesn't matter that, uh, you know, like so-and-so says this, or I have this degree, like it's still, man, Mason is making this decision to know Jesus more, to love God more, to be, you know, a hundred percent all in for the Lord. We understand. And so that was super, super helpful and going down there. Cause I was like, I don't want to have this conversation with my dad, but I have to, <laughs> you know, like, is he going to say yeah. like, no, you need to get another job that pays Like, what are you triple. thinking? You're paying yeah. me back, dude. Yeah. Like, what are you, what are you doing? What a waste, you know? That kind yeah. Of but I did, it was funny you even say like the, I had so many connections with all you guys, mm-hmm. Joseph and his mm-hmm. connections, and I just, I did not feel led to ask for those connections for some reason. I don't know why. If it's like, and I didn't picture myself in a church of 125, yeah. you know, like that, but I just... Um, almost wanted it to be like you can say God given, but in the sense of like, you know, like praying through what's going on, um, and not saying that any connection from Joseph or you guys would not be God given, you yeah, know, at all. Yeah, no, you just didn't feel led to reach out for sure, which is fine. Yeah, and then hearing that sermon, I'm like, ooh, rural church, that's it, man. And so that's what ended up. It's kind of crazy, but um, yeah, that's what's uh, it's been super cool, super. 
great. Super thankful even for this time of OSL and coming back here and seeing Sagu. Yeah. Like all the Bible knowledge, all the uh, interactions I have with you guys and family connections, you know, and even just like can still reach out. Like I'm not out of ministry. Yeah. I'm still doing ministry. No, ministry is wherever you go. For sure. And it's not getting paid and it's, it's having interesting conversations with guys that are like, Mason, what, what are you doing here? You know, and then you can talk about, it gets to where we're talking about, do you love Jesus? You know, again, yeah. and it's super cool. Well, super awesome. the kingdom, ironically, is always, this is going to sound, dude, and I'm not about like poverty gospel, but the kingdom is decrease. Like when you think about yeah. it, like Jesus was at the highest place, you know? Yeah. And left that. Yeah. And, de- and and lowered himself, decreased. Way lowered, yeah. Yeah, way, way, yeah. way down there. You know, but it it really is. It's saying, hey, I'm going to decrease so that others may increase. Yeah. And um, and I think a lot of times we think that, man, we just got to continually build, 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 build. Yeah. Like, and if I'm not building, 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 then I'm just going to have this terrible life. Yeah. But if you look at Scripture, you look at Jesus... You look at Joseph, you had times of like, oh man, prominence, and then, oh crap, I'm in a prison, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And then, oh junk, I'm, you know, been elevated, and then, oh junk, I'm somewhere else low. You know, it's yeah. it's this mountains and valleys type of life and not this just steady increase. And I think that God does that for a reason, but also because the kingdom is about decreasing yeah. so that, God may increase and sure. in his glory may oh, yeah. be revealed, yeah. you know? And so, man, um, is there anything else that you would like to say or any other thoughts that, you know, you've learned or, or things that have just stuck out to you that you would want to communicate to uh, our listeners? OSL-wise, you're saying, or just Whatever, man. Whatever yeah. you have that's on your heart or whatever God's been speaking to you. Mm. I uh, I think I said it all. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I guess, um, I guess one last ad, I guess, um, that the future, like I have these perspective plans as well, yeah. like in the plan, I don't know if I told you that or not, but next year is the plan to be a PE teacher yeah, and to be an everyday youth pastor. Let's go. Yeah. So like, and then way down the road, be in a community where it's like, man, teacher, coach Mason can talk about whatever, because we're just thankful he's here. Yeah. You know, like that's the goal. Um, but yeah, like as you're saying flipping burgers, I always got to remind myself, Oh yeah, that's what I'm doing. You know, yeah. I, I kind of forget, but, um, yeah. it's been well, super great, man. I super think it's, it's awesome that you're saying that. Cause like John Kitna was the head football coach at Waxahachie. Yeah. Super, super huge man of God, you know? Yeah. And I can, dr- I can, you know, confidently say that with, because of his influence, man, there was a huge, um, influence and increase in in students in ministry here at the oaks because he was adamant about jesus man that's cool i mean he was all about it and he carried himself as a man of god and he's in the locker room you know he's with him every day yeah so they saw that and connected um and you know some of the players came here to oaks youth and so they uh Man, it was just, he was their pastor at school, yeah. you know? And Joseph was too when Joseph was the youth pastor here. But it was just, it was massive amount of influence. Yeah, super I mean, cool. massive amount of influence. So, man, I just want you to know I appreciate you. I'm proud of you, dude. Like, not many people would be willing to do the things that you're doing. It's, uh, it's definitely uh, challenging in faith, you know, to yeah. go like, hey, dude. If you're really all about Jesus, are you really all about Jesus? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, that's a... That's a hard question. Yeah. It's a, will you give everything up, man? It's true. And, and follow Jesus if he's leading you. Yeah. Um, and so just super thankful for you on the podcast, man. Yeah. Um, we yeah, appreciate thanks for having you. me. Yeah. We're going to be, it. we're going to be praying for you and look forward to having you again and hearing all about, uh, this new adventure that you're on, bro. All right. Sounds all right. good to me. Take care. All right. Thanks.